Okay. All right. So I'm about to share my screen. Let's see here. All right. Can you all see the uh, presentation? Yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, um, as, as we know, um, there are 12 methods that the that Rick Warren uses, but we are only going to go through um, about about seven or eight uh, methods of Bible study um, that I feel that are um, important for you to use. And um, so this one, this um, I can never get the title right. This book background book background study method is so important that you you can't. This is one that we could not pass up. And so, um, so some of the Bible study methods we have discussed in this class um, may be used as students uh, become more comfortable and more fluent in their usage of them. Um, then there are some methods that we will discuss that are not optional, okay? So this is one, like I said, that is, that is definitely uh, not optional, okay? This is the one that I really want for you all to grab. So the book background method is one of these non-negotiable strategies to Bible study. So uh, so there should not be, I, I, I really don't encourage you, let me say that, not to try to interpret scripture without doing some type of background study of, of the passage that you're about to, or, or scripture that you're about to interpret. Yeah, it is so and so important, and it's one of the preliminary steps in in Bible study. Okay, um, and so you have to, you know, do do uh, do uh, due diligence when looking uh, at Scripture when you're about to interpret to at least understand um, the temperature and the background of of which uh, of what is going on. So. A common mistake, going back to the slide, a common mistake made by the, the uh, Bible students is to attempt to interpret and even apply biblical principles apart from the historical background context. So in my view, this uh, may single-handedly account for most of the error among Bible students today, okay? So how is it a mistake of trying to understand, a Bi understand the Bible outside the historical context so it takes us away from the mind, from the mind of God. So the church has drifted away uh, from the alignment of scriptures and the thoughts of God. So our, our goal is we need to get back uh, to alignment with God's thoughts uh, in the way that he intended for, um, for, the, for the word to be um, originally. So um what aids us to get back into the alignment one thing that that will help us get back into the alignment is to understand background so how um has the church got out the alignment of his thoughts and um so we're in the year of 2020 and we have strayed away in much of our thinking and expectations okay so we have to really get back so we can't we can no longer translate the bible or interpret the the bible with a 2020 mindset. We have to go back to that time and that involves us doing some research um, on, on the particular uh, environment in order to understand what was going on and what, was, uh, what, what is God trying to say at that particular time, okay? So when we get out of alignment, uh, we, we risk on 
um, losing that power of transformation. So we, but, but, but the thing is, I don't want for us to just study, study this, um, these various methods and not, um, and not allow the word to transform you. I don't want you to just get so technical to the fact that, and then you miss on what God is trying to do in these um, various methods, okay? So, um, so I really um, want to encourage you all to continue, like I said, continue going through this process of learning various Bible study methods. And it's really gonna start opening you up uh, and allowing you to observe, um, observe uh, even deeper and gain more clarity um, when you're studying, studying the Bible. Okay. So our goal is the church, we need to get back to, uh, to alignment of what God really meant, um, from, from the beginning of time to, till now we need to really get back to that. Okay. So, um, listen to what the, what the Hebrew author says. It says, concerning him, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, so you need again for, some, for someone to teach you the elementary principles and the oracles of God, and you have to come to need, you have come to need milk and not solid food. So mm -hmm. we want the goal for the study is to move you from, uh, from the milk and to be able to get to the deeper things of God get to the solid food. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so learning principles like this, um, word study method, background study method, it allows you to go deeper, um, into knowing, uh, the mind of God. Okay. So that is, that is the goal. So, uh, but as growing up in church, um, we, we've been discouraged um, please make sure your phone's on mute. Okay. So the, um, uh, in church we're we're discouraged, um, from going deeper. And so the church method has encouraged us to go, go on Sundays to get fed rather than teaching you the methods on how to feed yourself. So you can come from the milk and go to the meat. Yes. There are, there are times in our, in our, uh, disciple walk that we must be fed. But there's a time where we have to get off the milk and, and keep uh, progressing and growing in God, okay? So that's kind of like what I'm trying, trying to say, okay? And God, he holds us accountable for our progress. So how can we measure, you know, if we're making progress? And the only way that we can measure if we're making progress is that we must look to the to the scriptures for it. So Jesus, he spent three years with his, with his disciples training him, tr training them to get them ready to train others. So if we've been in church for more than three years and we're not at a place where we're able to train others, that right there should be an indication that we need to be moving further along than where we are now, okay? So, uh, but there are a lot of things um, that we faced in church. We faced um, the, a system of false teachings. We, like I said, uh, we've been taught that we go to church on just on Sunday and Wednesday to be fed, and there's no expectation of accountability, okay? So um, in, in the rest of the Hebrew uh, chapter five, um, verse 13, it says, for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. 
but solid food is for the mature um, who because of practice uh, have their sense trained to discern good and evil, okay? We want you to get to a place that your discernment is sharp, that you're able to discern good and evil, that you're able to, dis, uh, to use, to apply the word to your life, to, uh, to have transformation um, to your life, okay? So let's hop into, any questions before I hop into the book? That was just kind of my intro. <laughs> um, so hop on page uh, 151, okay? Let's go to 151. And I'm going to start at the first paragraph, the book background method. It says, um, it is much easier to understand and appreciate a play if all the props and background scenes are in place. The actors on stage perform against the backdrop of props and painted scenery. It is the same way with scripture. God's revelation was given in the midst of history and the dramatis personae of the Bible act out their God-given roles against the background of their times. And so you ever went to a play and then when they, when they open up the curtains, they already have the scene set. So you have an idea of, of, of how the story is going to go. So if you see um, a scene set with like castles or things like that, then you know you're probably kind of in the, you know, the Roman era, 1600, whatever. And so, you know, so it's important for us to uh, study the background so we, we can uh, mentally put ourselves in that position. Um, and so... It says, uh, we understand the word of God more clearly when we see it against the backdrop of the days in which it was written, okay? Um, so when it says the days of which it was written, so what days are we talking about here? Back uh, to the PowerPoint slide. So what are the biblical days? So we, one thing that we have to keep in mind is when we're looking at the Old Testament, it covers about 4,000 years of history. And the, in the New Testament, it covers 100 years of history. So you're like, okay, that's a lot of years, okay? So how can we break up 4,000 years um, to understand it? So we've been introducing to you all dispensations. Okay, that's able to break up. That's a that's a method of breaking up history. There's seven dispensations. Okay, um, we've been looking at covenants. That's that's an indication mark as well. Um, historical events. As we continue to study um, in this in this in this manner, we're going to be able to tie um, the timeline down uh, with historical events. Looking at culture. Um, and also looking at the audience. So um, if, if the scripture is talking just to the world, such as with Genesis chapter 1 through 11, it's just addressed to the world, then you know how to uh, approach that scripture. And then when the, when the Bible is talking about Israel, so Israel um, was forming a nation, formed as a nation between Exodus 19 and 20, and it goes through Acts 2, that is the general audience of, of the book, and then when you get to the church, the church starts in Acts 2 through the end. And so um, then you know what approach you need to take when interpreting scriptures, okay? So these are various methods that you can use to try to uh, take this big chunk of history and try to divide it up. So please, 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 like on your free time, just go back and look at the charts of dispensation. And I believe you all have covenants. Uh, I know that when we did the covenants, nope, let me not say that. 
but if you don't have the charts, I might have to drop it in the, in the folder. Um, so you, you all can become familiar with the timeline of the covenants as well. Okay. Uh, let me keep, let me keep going here. So let's go back to the book, make sure. Yep. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go to the book because I'm going for the definition. So the definition, the book background method of Bible study involves gaining a better understanding of the biblical message by researching the background related to the passage, person, event, or topic being studied. Okay. So this, um, involves understanding geography. This is in your book. This is, uh, involves understanding geography, historical events, um, culture, and then the political environment at the time of the particular part of the Bible was written. Okay. So, um, I talked about the three types of audience that are in the, in the Bible, as far as the world, the church, uh, and Israel. Now I'm going to kind of talk about, uh, when you're looking at scripture, these are the, uh, is it three, three kind of audience types of audience. So not, not the world church in Israel, but instead of we're going to look at um, the historical audience. So the historical audience would be considered world church or Israel. Okay. So this is the, 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 the people who are being written about. Okay. And then you're going to look at the original readers who the scriptures were initially written to first. Okay. Um, and so for, for instance, with the, um, with the book, I'm going to use the example, the book of Matthew, the historical audience, the Bible who uh, are being written about is the Jews. The original readers, the first group of people who reads Matt, Matthew's letter are the diasporan Jews, meaning that these are the Jews that were scattered after, after Pentecost and they needed some encouragement or they needed some something uh, to help them to build a defense when people are asking them, why are you serving this Messiah? Why are you serving this Jesus? Matthew was able to write out, he, he had to prove uh, from the Jewish lineage and he had to use Old Testament scriptures to, to help them to understand like this is the Messiah. And so um, that's the original readers, those who were scattered after the day of Pentecost, okay? From Jerusalem, uh, they were scattered, okay? Diaspora means um, scattered, okay? Um, and then the contemporary readers. The contemporary readers are those who are reading the scriptures today. So that's us. We are the contemporary audience. So the historical audience could be world, Israel, uh, and the church. The original uh, readers... Um, could be the same. So it could, it could differ as well. Like for instance, the book of Genesis was written um, about the world, written about the world, uh, but the original readers were Israel. Israel was the first, were the first group of people to read about Genesis. Okay. So any questions about that before I hop on to the next one? Okay. All right, let's keep it going then. So, uh, okay, yeah. So four ways of closing the distance gap. So what I mean by distance gap is the time um, of which a particular scripture is written um, to our time. We need to be able to close in that gap 
So we're able to understand what is going on in that time period, okay? So this is filling in the gaps between you're looking at the political, you're looking at the culture, you're looking at the um, economic, you're looking at all types of stuff um, in, in the background of that scripture so you're able to gain a, a clearer understanding of what is going on. So the first um, way of closing the distance gap is through time, okay? So I'm going to stick with the example of Matthew. So when we're studying the Gospel of Matthew, um, the time for the original readers, so those who are reading it, is between the time of 45 to 70 AD, okay? And some scholars even go further out as 80 AD. Okay, so that was the time that the, that the letter was written and it was in hand to the first readers, okay? Um, histor the historical audience, the Jews, the people that was written about, that timeline was between 6 BC and 30 AD, okay? The reason why it's 6 BC is because that, that, that's the time that they believe that Jesus was born, between 4 to 6 BC, and they believe that Jesus, um, you know, he died and he ascended to heaven and between the time of 30 to 33 AD, okay? So that's, that's the historical uh, audience timeline, okay? And then the contemporary, of course, that's present, that's us, okay? So that's one way of closing the distance gap is to look at the timeline, okay? So I'm gonna give you all some tools that you can use to find time, to find the timeline of, of particular scriptures, okay? All right, so next is culture, okay? So our contemporary culture is Americanism, Europeanism, where, you know, we have a technology culture, we are in a Christianity culture and things like that. And so uh, our the political culture, our, uh, our political uh, culture is uh, democracy. Whereas in the Old Testament and New Testament, they were under monarch. And more of the New Testament, they were under a tyranny. Uh, so they saw the political culture as a tyranny. They didn't really have a say um, in, in what was going on. And their economic, with us, we're, we're, we're under more of a capitalism, materialism uh, type economy. Whereas with them, with the, if you're looking at with Israel, they were considered the poor. Um, the ones who were ruling at that time were, uh, especially like in the New Testament, were the Romans. They were considered uh, of high status, whereas Israel were, the, were, uh, were considered the poor status, okay? Um, and so there are some things that you should consider as well, like with culture. And so, like I said, I'm going to give you all some materials that you can look at to help uh, build up your, your capacity, Okay. Next one is language. So we talked about this. So what languages do they speak? So someone, someone uh, tell me the three languages of the Bible. What are the three languages of the Bible? Hebrew, Greek, Greek and Aramaic. Aramaic. That's right. Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Okay. So that's important to know when you're looking at scripture. Because like I said last week, if, if, this, if, if we find out that the original scripture of Esther is an Aramaic, then that lets you know that they were under Persian captivity. And so it, it helps you build your timeline. So under Persian captivity, that was right after Babylon. And so it gives you an idea of what is going on 
uh, during, during that time? How come they weren't speaking Hebrew? Because they were under captivity and a lot of them began to conform to, to the various ways. Uh, whoever, whoever they were under captivity of, they began to conform to their ways, okay? And other is geography. So we're gonna look at various maps and things like that. So it's important for you to become familiar with the Mediterranean area, Palestinian area, uh, get, get familiar with that area. Um, uh, yeah, looking at the, uh, like the knowing where the, the Dead Sea is and the Caspian Sea and Mediterranean Sea and looking at various land and things like that and how it changes over time. So I'm going to, as we continue on this journey, I'll, I'll make sure to give you all some maps and things like that. Okay, so any questions so far? Okay, so let's go, let's go to our book real quick before we hop into archaeology. Um, let's go to 152. Yep, let's go to 152. So it says, the first paragraph says, in order to get the full impact of what the biblical writer is saying, it is necessary to transport ourselves back into the time in which he lived. Since we are centuries removed from Bible times, we must try to see their world through our eyes, feel what they felt, and then understand how this Holy Spirit of God used them to write what they did. So that is a process of uh, closing in the distance gap, okay? Uh, one of the primary rules of interpretation states that since the Bible was written in the midst of history, it can only be understood more fully in the light of the history, okay? You cannot interpret Bible correctly if you ignore the influences of times in which it was written. Serious Bible students will always want to know geographical, historical, culture, and political backgrounds of a passage uh, or a book they are studying, okay? And so it says, furthermore, we can understand the way that we are to apply the message to us today. We must first be sure how it was applied during the times it was first written, okay? And so these are the things that you must keep in mind when you are about to interpret scripture. Understand what is going on in that time period, okay? Uh, so let's go to, because we got like maybe two more slides left, the value of archaeology, okay? Um, so it says that no one, on page 153, this is from 153, no one can understand the Bible without a knowledge of biblical history and culture. And no one can claim a knowledge of biblical history and culture without an understanding of the contributions of archaeology. Okay. And so, um, let me see here. Oh, yeah, that's the next paragraph. Um, for instance, the, the place referred to in the Bible as Solomon, Gomorrah, and Zoar are no longer exist today, no longer exists today. But through the work of the archaeologists, we're able to better understand how God works through the nature to achieve his purpose. In fact, we have been able to understand many of the Bible's divine interventions more clearly through archaeology. And so there are a lot of I'm a quote unquote PBS specials out there uh, talking about the biblical archaeology in which I encourage you, you know, to watch and to look at and to just um, observe. Last year, yeah, last year I went to the Omnimax Theater because they were doing uh, a viewing on Egypt. 
And so it was very interesting just to see the archeological findings and understanding um, one of the rulers, Ramesses and, and Pharaoh, you know, and Pharaoh and all that stuff. Uh, it was very interesting to, to see so I could get a, a picture of the, the scene uh, when I'm reading about um, Hebrew and the, you know, and the Israelites and things like that and the, uh, and how they traveled. And so I thought that was interesting. There are a lot of Netflix specials out there uh, that kind of goes through archeology. span uh, I know some of you all, I heard you all talking about the, the uh, movie or the, the series Messiah. I watched like maybe one or two episodes but um, and then I started watching. It's called uh, Oh shoot! I just forgot the title. Um, something about God. Um, it's with Morgan Freeman, in which he's going around to various um, countries and speaking to um, various scholars um, about asking tough questions about religion and tough questions about the Bible and things like that. So that that was. Um, that's a good series. And so there are a lot of things out there, National Geographic, <laughs> there are a lot of things out there that you can look at uh, to, to get an understanding of archaeology, biblical archaeology. Okay. Any questions or comments about that? All right, we're moving along then. So um, that kind of gives you a background on why it's important to understand Bible background. So let me quickly go to, okay, let me stop sharing. And let me quickly um, go to um, some online, uh, okay, some online sources that you can use here. All right, let me. All right, so, okay. So one source that I encourage you, I don't know if you all use Bible Gateway. Um, this is an online source that you can use to find some biblical background, okay? So what you do is you go to biblegateway.com. You go to study and you click on more resources. So, you know, it has reading plans and all that stuff, but I want you to, it has commentary, but I want you to go down to dictionaries and encyclopedias, okay? These are, uh, this is what you need. So it has um, like uh, all men and women of the Bible and all that stuff, the Easton's Bible Dictionary, um, Dictionary of Biblical Themes, and then the encyclopedia of the Bible. Okay, so you just click on, click on that. Uh, I'm going to do, actually, no, I'm going to do, um, I'm going to do an example of Colossae or whatever. So it, um, the book of Colossians, okay? So um, here it gives you a um, brief synopsis of the city of Colossae um here when you do that so encyclopedia of the bible then you go to the letter and then you find the topic that you want um and so here's a summary of what you can use here also on bible hub in which you all were introduced to um 
there are some ways that you can look for biblical uh, diction. You can look at biblical dictionaries and all this stuff too. So let me go to the first, first page here. Uh, so when you go to Bible Hub, you can click on dictionary. And then you type in your word, Colossae. Here's some topical, topical Bible about Colossae. And then it gives you the Easton's here, just like on the uh, Bible Gateway. Um, but then it gives you some more resources. It gives you the Greek. Um, it gives you the definition of the word or what, what it means. It also tell you the occurrences um, in the book of uh, Colossae, some important terms and things like that. Um, if you go to, let me see, make sure I remember the subtopic. No, if you go to, if you go back home to Bible Hub and you click on, it's called TIM here, Bible Timeline. As you see, okay, it's taking the book of Genesis here, okay? So um, it is it's showing you the timeline. So it's saying the creation took place before 400 BC, and it's giving you a rough estimate on various events in the Bible here, okay? So Isaac was born about 266, and so it's giving you, here's your timeline, okay? So you go to Bible Hub, you click on TIM, and then uh, if you want a particular passage, you go up here. Like, for instance, I'm going to stick with Colossians. Um, and it shows you that Colossians was written around 62 AD. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, so this is a way to look at background, too. So you got Bible Gateway. Um, you can look at the dictionaries and encyclopedias there. You can go to Bible Hub. Um, look at the um, timeline and topical and some um, dictionaries as well. You can do Bible outline. Okay, yep. So it gives you, if you choose to write about Colossians or Colossi, it gives you an outline of, of the book. Um, it gives you uh, important words to use, important places, important people, and things like that uh let's see here was another one it is what's my notes bb here it is and then the bible at a glance so um this is this is kind of cool it gives you the who what when and where regarding the book or regarding the topic that you're looking at um it gives you the key events the key individuals the key places and the unique features of the book of Colossians. And so, um, yeah, these are some really good tools as well that you can use, okay? So you go to Bible Hub, you can, you can pick timeline here, you can pick outline, and then you can pick the, um, what's it called? The Bible book summary. So that can definitely help you with your assignment. And remember, you can go on Bible Gateway to, to look at their encyclopedias and things like that, okay? So those are some online sources that you can use. Um, you can get some books. Um, there is, um, let's see, I have one that's called Haley's Handbook. 
Um, let me pull up Amazon here so I can show you what it looks like. Um, that this one here kind of gives you some manners and, and kind of customs. Uh, I have this one here. Um, of the particular time. So it's called Haley's Handbook. That's a good one. Um, we've been encouraging you all to look at the Old Testament, New Testament survey books by Paul Benware. Those are the books that we're going to be using a lot in our study. Um, it really helps you to give you an understanding of, of background and kind of set the scene of what is going on. Um, I'll, I'll put that in there so you can see here. So you can see the cover and things like that. Um, it looks like this survey of the Old Testament and then the New Testament looks the same. It's just, it's just, a, um, I think it has purple print or whatever, or you can even use this one. I think this one's a, a later version, but that one's fine as well. So, um, so yeah, you got some free online sources. If you want to purchase and begin to build up your library, there are some uh, books that you can purchase as well. There's some other books that um, that Rick Warren gives as well on page, I believe it's on page 25. He gives some, um, he gives some examples, um, books that you can use. The Baker's Encyclopedia, the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary. There's an, um, Nelson, there's a Tyndale and Zondervan Bible Dictionaries and things like that. So, uh, those are some some resources, online resources, and some books that you can use. Okay, so with the book survey method, uh, the assignment, um, he gives some topics that you can use on. I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. Sorry, background, not book survey. Background um, on page 158. He gives you some topics that you can choose from. Um, you can do a study on the book of Philippians or the book of Haggai or the book of Colossians, um, uh, book of Ruth. You can do Pharisees and Sadducees, temple worship and the Romans in Palestine. So here's some topics that you can choose or what you can do is, um, some of you all have topics like for instance, um, with, uh, well, let me think before I say that out loud. Um, some of you all um, have topics that you already chosen and then maybe you can whatever um, book of the Bible that was your main thesis you can study that background so like for instance with with, with Trish she did transformation and so um, the popular scripture is you know be transformed or whatever she can study the book of Romans and look at the background of the book of Romans and do a, a book background method of that or something like that so I mean that's just an idea um, but I really uh, in the uh, suggestions that that uh, Rick Warren has for the Pharisees and Sadducees I really encourage you to do that uh, I'm not telling you, but I'm encouraging you to do that because uh, our next TLC, I'm going to be talking a lot about the Pharisees and Sadducees, and we're going to look at how, why they are always picking with Jesus. They always want to start some stuff and uh, start some stuff with Jesus. So we're going to understand like who were the Pharisees and Sadducees and things like that. 
So um, that's, a, that's a topic that you can look at, okay? So um, any questions concerning the background method of study? Uh, let me just say thank you for showing us the picture of the Old Testament survey book. So okay. we'll be out there buying the wrong stuff, you know. Just right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no problem. But uh, you can buy any type of Old Testament survey book, actually. Uh, you can't really go wrong or whatever. But these are the ones that, that I use and uh, that I'm going to kind of be referring to throughout this teaching or whatnot. So. You can use, you know, whatever. So there, there, there definitely are several different Old Testament survey books. When I went to the bookstore, they were trying to order me all types of books. I said, that ain't what the one I want look like. So don't give me that. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So there are a lot out there. So, um, but if you all have any, uh, if you run into any uh, problems, uh, during this uh, background study method uh, assignment, you know, please don't hesitate. You can reach out to me or if you want to work with somebody on this assignment, uh, on these assignments, you can do that as well. Um, you know, if you feel like I just don't have that capacity at the, at the moment, maybe pair up with somebody um, to help to help you uh, do this assignment or whatnot if you want to. Okay. All right, any, any, any other questions or comments? I think there was maybe like an atlas on Bible Hub or something. Mm, yeah. A lot of the Bibles, my study Bibles have like maps in there, but just like maps to get a better understanding since a lot of territories have changed. Um, yes, and I forgot to, uh, to show that too, because I actually, uh, where was it at? Okay, yeah, there is a, um, I think I put it in the PowerPoint. Let me show my screen real quick of what I use. Now, when I show you this site, please do not get af afraid of the title of the, of the, <laughs> of the site, okay, because I was. Uh, let's see here. All right, so it's, uh, let me see here. Let me go to. So this is the site, but don't get discouraged, okay? So <laughs> I don't know why they call it Holy Pig. There's an explanation of it, but I go here for my, uh, for my uh, charts and things like that. So uh, let's see here. Where is it at? There's some... Bible charts to see here. So they kind of break it up here. It's pretty, it's, it's a pretty uh, cool site actually. That gives you, um, let's see here. Where is, hold on, let me go back. Oh, here they are. Bible timelines and Bible maps and things like that. Uh, here it is. Um, and so there's one, they, they tell you the, the Bible Atlas. Um, and so you're you're able to. There was another site that I, I must have closed it. Hold on, that's not it. Well, what um, is the name of what is the website for that one? This is called Swartz and Trover. And so I put that in the PowerPoint slide. 
for you for you all to 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 look at. But they have some some really good um, maps and and timelines and things like that. Um, but when you click on it, you see this pig. But don't get discouraged. <laughs> it's just you know how people are weird. So, um, but here they have a lot of various charts and things like that. Um, in which I thought that it was really, really good. Um, and so it gets really technical. It gets, it's when we, when we start studying more of the Bible, we're going to be using um, some of these charts here or whatnot. Um, I'm trying to find the, must have, let's see that historical atlas. Okay, here it is. Okay, so. So it kind of gives you a map of the area or whatnot. So here's a, it's a site. Yeah. On sports and Trover, when you go to, when you go there, just go to historical Atlas and you're able to see some various maps and things like that. And like what Tammy said on Bible hub too, um, there are some maps as well. I believe I'm have to go in there and see, uh, but yeah, those are some other sources that you can use, but you can use Google. You can use, you know, uh other sources out there too to look at maps i have two big giant books at the house uh, it's called bible bible atlases or things like that and it shows you the progression of how the land changes and the names of the of the land changes throughout the bible times and things like that so but as we continue to go through this i'm gonna make sure that you have the correct resources and things like that so all right any other questions or comments No, today was a really good class. Thank you, Elder. Bless you, sir. Bless you, sir. So, um, yeah. So, if you all have any questions or concerns while doing this this uh, this uh, particular assignment, definitely reach out. Um, if you want to partner, that's fine as well. Um, so, uh, I'm excited. I'm glad that you all are excited, but yet challenged. At the same time, so I just pray that you won't get discouraged, but just keep pressing because we're doing this together you know, as a group. So, right, all right, mm -hmm. okay. So, if there are any questions or comments and things like that, I'm going to go ahead and pray out. Um, Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you, God, that you are God and God alone. Uh, you rule and you reign, and uh, we just honor you and we bless you for what you're doing, God. I thank you for um, the people who are on this line here who wants to uh, dig in your word, God, who want to know more about you, who has a desire to get to your mind, Father. And so, God, we thank you uh, for the resources that are available for us to get there, oh God. And um, I pray that during their study time that the Holy Spirit begin to, to illuminate um, through these, um, through their studies, oh God, I thank you, oh God, for just allowing them to be more observant of your word and to slow down and to really um, start to pick apart your word for us to, um, so we can understand what you originally meant when you had, when you had given the words to your apostles and prophets to write down, Father. So God, we honor you. We thank you for allowing us to um, dig into your secrets and dig into um, the, the, the things that are foreign 
to those who don't know you, Father. And so we thank you for um, the tread, the hidden treasures, God, um, that we're constantly finding as we continue to study your word. So God, we lift you up and we honor you and we bless you and we magnify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for the study. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Love you everybody. Thank you for the study. Love you guys. Love you guys. Thank you, Elder.